This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 14th of December. In your squiz today, the United Nations votes for a ceasefire, an agreement on fossil fuels... Cyclone Jasper leaves a mess and our furry friends feast. This is your squiz today. If you saw any news yesterday, chances are you might have seen the UN General Assembly mentioned. There was a vote held. It was calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza and it passed with a big majority of the member nations, 153 in fact, in support. And Claire, that includes Australia. Yeah, so the resolution demands a ceasefire be implemented and for the immediate and unconditional release of all hostages and ensuring humanitarian access to Gaza. And Australia voted in favour of that. That's notable because it's a sign that we've split from our big ally, the United States. It voted against that motion. It means that we've hardened our stance against Israel. And the last time that the issue came up, a few weeks ago, Australia abstained from that vote because the resolution didn't recognise that Hamas was responsible for the 7 October attack on Israel. Um, this time, reports say the change came about because our position of condemning the Hamas attacks while backing Israel's right to self-defence has become difficult to hold. Of course, nations are looking at the situation in Gaza and the 18,000 reported civilian deaths there. So all of that to say... We had some explaining to do on our decision. Following the vote, PM Anthony Albanese and Canada and New Zealand's leaders, Justin Trudeau and Christopher Luxon, issued a joint statement. They condemned the 7th of October terror attacks on Israel and they also cautioned it over its military actions. They said that they're alarmed at the diminishing safe space for civilians in Gaza. Yeah, Canada and New Zealand are notable because, of course, they're allies of ours too. Um, yesterday, Foreign Minister Penny Wong argued that the government's position hadn't changed, but Israel and Jewish groups were very disappointed with our vote, saying that it's created uncertainty and confusion. What happened yesterday as well is that Albanese and Wong Labor colleagues were a bit confused. They hadn't been given a heads up about our change position. Um, reports say that they were surprised by the decision to support an immediate ceasefire. Uh, regardless, the vote's broader result has left many commenting on the United States and Israel being increasingly isolated in this conflict. There were 10 countries that voted against the resolution and 23 abstained. And Claire, we should point out that the resolution is not binding, but it does carry political weight. And it's already led US President Joe Biden to warn Israel that it's losing international support. He's told Israeli PM Benjamin Netanyahu that Israel's approach has to change. 
Speaking of the United Nations, you and Alex talked about this yesterday, Claire. It took a bit to get there, but the 198 nations attending the COP28 climate summit in Dubai have, for the first time, taken explicit aim at the use of fossil fuels. Yeah, those talks were close to collapse, as we discussed yesterday, but Mm. in the end, an agreement to transition away from coal, oil and gas was struck. The statement doesn't include an explicit commitment to phase out or even to phase down fossil fuels. What it does is call on countries to contribute to global efforts to move away uh, from fossil fuels in their energy systems. It doesn't quite say this in these words, but there is an acknowledgement in the statement that poorer nations are dependent on fossil fuels for their energy and they probably can't phase them out anytime soon. But there is a call for wealthier nations to accelerate action on that front this decade. Our climate and energy minister, Chris Bowen, says that it will send a clear message that our future is in clean energy and the age of fossil fuels will end. But he did acknowledge that it didn't go as far as most countries wanted. And by that, he means the Pacific Island nations. They say the deal was rushed through without them. Good morning to you if you're in far north Queensland because it has been a rough 24 hours. As the experts predicted, tropical cyclone Jasper intensified to a Category 2 storm as it made landfall there late yesterday afternoon. It hit the coastline near Cape Tribulation and it brought winds of up to 120 kilometres per hour along the coast. Yeah, as far as the big population centres up there, Port Douglas has copped the worst of it. Palm Cove and Cairns were also smashed by the wild weather there. Across the region, trees have been brought down over power lines and it's left more than 31,000 homes without power. And Alice, just like I am some mornings, Jasper (laughs) is pretty slow moving. Uh, It's been progressing at just around 13 kilometres per hour as it goes inland. Yeah, despite that, the danger isn't over. Authorities are warning residents to be prepared for flash flooding. There have been up to 200 millimetres of rain in some areas. And, of course, there's a lot of power lines down, so take care there again today. We spoke about Bunnings banning engineered stone products about a month ago now, Claire. And yesterday, workplace ministers across the country made a world-first move to ban the product completely in Oz. Yeah, we like to be world-leading from time to time, (laughs) and certainly this is one of those cases. Of course, the context behind all of that is a big surge in workers developing the lung disease silicosis um, after they worked with engineered stone. It's a really popular benchtop alternative to granite and marble, but it's been on health authorities' radars since those first cases started to emerge in 2015. That ban is set to kick in on the 1st of July next year. Supporters say that banning the product is necessary to protect public health, but some say that it won't be easy for the construction industry and customers to transition away from engineered stone by the six-month deadline. It's been a hugely popular product, so there will be a change needed there. 
I know you're a dog person, Claire, and I am too, but (laughs) I do also love cats. Even I have to admit, though, that they can be very damaging little predators. And a new study reckons our feline friends are dining out on more than 2,000 species globally. Yeah, I do like cats too, Alice. I think they're pretty cool. (laughs) I like how aloof they are. Um, But 2,000 species certainly is a really big appetite. Mm. It includes birds, reptiles, mammals and even insects. It's a leading study, this one. They haven't quite really had their hands around exactly how many species cats do go after. And it turns out that their tastes really aren't that refined. Um, One of the study's researchers found that the heaviest bird that a cat would attack was an emu, if you can believe it. (laughs) Uh, Also, the biggest reptile was an endangered green sea turtle. They can get quite big. So, yeah, these cats are very ambitious. It's hard to imagine them prowling after an emu or a sea turtle. but (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) The lead researcher on this, Christopher Lepsick, who is also a long-time cat lover, reckons responsible pet owners comes into this. We do hear it all the time, but he says the solution is to keep your cat indoors. Squeeze the day, Claire. What's on today? Probably the big one today to look out for is the Bureau of Statistics are releasing the latest unemployment data. Of course, we're looking at how things are landing in November. All of that is coming together to give us a fuller picture of the economy, which we heard yesterday from Jim Chalmers that things are going not too badly. Good one. And that's us done for today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.